Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I'm Ross Boland, here with my buddy, Mr. Barrett Dudley, to bring you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast, packed with laughs. Barrett, how are you today, sir? I'm okay, I'm okay. But you know, I just, I didn't realize that, uh, I didn't realize that a podcast was, was going to be this much work. Yeah? You know? You know? Hey. It's like, we're doing the podcast, but really, it's just, it's all about the beans. And we got, we got to have the beans. You got a pod? But you also have to cast. You all. You also have to do the casting. It's both. Why you just spill your beans? Why <laughs> just spill your beans, Tommy? <laughs> now we're back to the lighthouse. That's Never from seen a the film. Mo- Never seen the movie. But I'm gonna. But I know the line, and therefore I'm gonna use it. At you my, were using it on me before I at, watched at it. At my discretion. I hadn't even gotten to the line yet. Yeah. 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 Oh, Tommy, with his beans. Yeah. 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 Fun show today. We're uh, going to discuss the Outsiders' sixth episode of the season. As well as, by the way, let me ask again before I forget, is it 10? Oh, it's 10. I'm going to ask every week. It's 10. It's 10 full episodes. We got four left. That's yeah. nice to know. Nice yeah. to know. Um, the 10th season of Curb Your Enthusiasm's fourth episode, which I was stoked to go on a little, uh, little uh, on destination a trip. wedding. On a destination, yeah. We went uh-huh. to Cabo. We went to Cabo. Which is where I went for my last destination wedding. <laughs> That's nice. Can't wait to talk about that. Also, uh, huge, huge news. That, that I'm not going to even break yet. Don't even say I'm it. I'm not even going to say it. We're going to get into bury it later. Bury the lead, Ross. Bury I'll, the lead. I'm burying it right now. Yeah. It's buried real nice and yeah. deep like. That's how you do it. Yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> if my voice is a little like deeper or gravelier than, than uh-huh. usual, I've just been chain smoking cigars. Oh, wow. Yeah, just man shit. Like Tony Soprano in a robe on my okay. back porch. Yeah. It's starting to backfire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to chill out with it. But well, I just wanted people to know, they're like, damn, Ross sounds a little more sultry than usual. Yeah. It's yeah. the cigars. And for me, my note on my voice today is if I am mid-thought on a, you know, kind of a, a, a long-running mm-hmm. diatribe and I just have to stop and like catch my breath for a few seconds, sure. that's because I, I squeezed in a workout today because oh. the, the people were saying, we think you have too much energy after when you come podcast after a full day of work. So what we'd like for you to do is get in a full day of work. And then go exert a bunch of energy for thirty to forty minutes, yeah, yeah. and then do the podcast. Then record, yeah, yeah. Just so take you're just that fresh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you come in fresh. So I come in fresh, yeah. Just, so <laughs> this is your day starting right now. Yeah, uh huh. Right, I get it. Right, I get exactly. That do do all you know. Get your get your ten hours in before you podcast. Do everything that, that was you need a warm to do. Up yeah, that's for right. This. That was all. Of, it was just. It's all for you guys. It's all none for you. of that mattered. So it's now. Yeah, so that's that's the note on on my uh, my voice today. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, birds of prey. Birds of prey. We're going to talk about that for okay. for a moment because there's some news uh, revolving around it and, and its success or lack thereof so far. And then we're going to give you a little preview of our Oscars talk from Patreon, just a little snippet, a few little minutes, so mm. people can see. Oh, these gentlemen discussed the Academy Awards. That's great. My yeah. God, if I go to Patreon.com/slash/OystersClamsCockles. I can listen to this entire conversation and laugh my balls or butt off. Laugh your butt off. It's yeah. your choice. Yeah. Balls or butt. Well, either or. Can't have both. <laughs> Can't have both. Um, today's episode of OCC, speaking of which, is brought to you by Quip, makers of the greatest electric toothbrush in the entire world. They want you to know that the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care, it is simply this, that if you have good habits... You are good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day, flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple. 
starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. All of their products are phenomenal. Quip's electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. So every time you brush your teeth, you know, you, you, you zone out. You forget what the hell you're doing. You're not paying attention. This thing buzzes so that you're like, oh, okay, switch sides, moron. It's awesome. It's the greatest thing in the world. When I'm, it's, you know, I don't go to bed till late. I'm a night owl. It's 2.30 in the morning. I'm half awake. This thing's making sure I walk and get in my bed with like a dentist clean mouth. It's incredible. I love it. The Quip floss dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping so your routine is always just right. Join over three million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash dragon, that's dragon right now. You'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash dragon. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash dragon. Quip, the good habits company. Uh, on Speaking of patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, which I brought up earlier. I just get to say speaking of whenever I feel like it, apparently. Now, the rules don't actually apply to what that phrase means to me anymore. I don't respect it. It's clear. Uh, we're uh, So far, in the month of February, we've given you... A 2020 Oscars recap and review, which you're going to hear a little bit of as a little teaser, a little, you know, slap and tickle later in the episode. And then we did our hotline calls for all, where we gave everybody, not just members of the Mosque Militia, but also the Crustacean Nation, a feel for how our hotline call extravaganzas work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was quite fun. Yes. We discuss all of the different things. When we go through these hotline calls, you see, you're allowed to bring up whatever you want. So if you go join right now... Mm. What happens is you can join our, our less expensive tier for $5 a month Crustacean Nation, and see what the Hotline Call episodes are all about. Testing. And then you can say, give it a little test. Mm, that sounds good. I'll, I'll have, have that. that and upgrade yourself to the Mollusk Militia so, well that you get, so that you get that every month. <laughs> What's the soup du jour? Um, yes, Barrett is correct. You can absolutely get in there right now and be like, I'm going to test it. Get a little testy. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Look, see. And uh, pay the five bucks, and if you say this is for me, then you choose it. My God, it's very easy to bump your and if, uh, tier up yeah, to the next yeah. level. And if you choose it, so it shall be, as as it as it is, as it is, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other great stuff coming down the line this month on pa Patreon as well. Uh, for those of you who are like, "What the fuck is Patreon?" It's just a place to support the show and get more ad-free OCC in exchange. We love it. Patreon.com/slash/oysters/clams. Cockles. Oh, by the way, when you sign up on there, either in the Crustacean Nation or Mollusk Militia, you'll immediately gain access to everything we have ever posted in that tier, which is just a ton wow. of great additional ad-free OCC for you to absorb wow. right there on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. All right, jumping into The Outsider. Shall we? Yeah, yeah. But first, I just want to congratulate ourselves for just a raucous 10 minutes, first 10 minutes of the podcast. Was that 10 minutes? I had something like that. Fucking Maybe hot. it was only seven, it but was, we, we just jammed pop culture references in, and like left dude, and you right. you work out before every episode. No, like not just, it was crazy. The positive energy uh, in the room right now and is I think electric. That, I think we should bring somebody in to do a rap recap of the first eight minutes of the podcast. Even though everybody just listened to the first eight minutes of the podcast, it'd be nice if somebody came in and did a rap recap I agree. of it. Talking about all the pop culture references that we just made, and then also maybe throwing in some lines about how we're uh, just really just all about Wil Wilmer Valderrama mm -hmm. and the cash money and the cash monies. Just throw in a few lines about that too while you're at it. Okay, on to the outsider. Okay, uh, episode six. It's titled "The One About the Yiddish Vampire." And can I say first? Yeah. 
HBO Max announced this week they're doing a one-hour Friends reunion. It's on. It's on again? It's on. It's back on. It's back on, Jerry. Okay, okay. Uh, I didn't I didn't know this. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I know, I'm almost positive. I'm like 86% sure. Okay, okay. I mean, a quick Google search could, could tell us one way or the other, but fuck it. Um, this, I felt like this maybe was a little bitty, like, tip of the cap, like, we own, H- we own fr- the rights to Friends. Was it not every Friends episode's titled the one where you know Rosh so his pants? It was not. It was an obvious nod to Friends. You so you okay? So I'm not crazy. I didn't. No, that's if you name an episode an episode of the a one TV show where, the one with or the one where okay. or the, that's that is a Friends thing. Okay, cool. They, I didn't know if that was they known. invented that. It is known. So who's to say whether it was like producers at HBO that threw that in there, or if the writers of the or show? a hardened. Gritty crime writer Richard Price just has a soft spot for friends. I don't. Who, like I don't know the former. <laughs> like they were like like somebody made a call the night after, you know, the announcement about the friends thing, and was like, "Hey, Rick, uh, listen, we're gonna be changing the title of this one, <laughs> and make a little friends joke. Are you cool with that?" And he was probably like, "Mother." <laughs> like spike the phone, and they were like, "All right, no, we're good. The one about the Yiddish vampires should do." Yeah, it looks like it's uh, looks like this friends reunion is nearing a deal. Rumor, oh. Rumored to be hosted by Ellen DeGeneres, and it would be a one-off special. So, uh, so yeah, it's, okay. a, it's in the mix. Okay, rumored to be in the works. Hey, baby. Still, not confirmed. I also saw a Twitter joke earlier from somebody. I c- wish I could credit them. Search it. I'm sure it's been ripped off a thousand times by other morons already. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, they, they should name the episode the one where we all make five million bucks. They should name it that because they're all going to make. Uh, they should. Let me let me just quick aside. Five million bucks. Do you need this? Do you need a friends reunion? No. You want this? No, but I'm not a friends guy. I don't give a fuck. You have to understand. Friends has ruined a piece of me. My whole life, I've been connected to a character on that show, and he's the worst Ross that ever existed. <laughs> so it's very. It's in a very strange place for me because I enjoy the characters, obviously, and I, it was uh-huh. like, I get it. It's a huge piece of a, a lot of people I grew up with's lives, friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but David Schwimmer tried to destroy my whole brand yeah. before yeah. it even existed. Okay. Gotcha. So it's a strange thing. For All right. Me. Yeah. yeah so, but I, fuck, I mean, no, I don't need this. I, look, it's, it's, it's a massive, massive thing. It's a massive pop culture occurrence. And so, like, I'll tune in for it, but I, this is low on my list of like. You know, I've never been able to date I'm, a girl named Rachel. Things I'm stoked about because of this fucking show. Never have, have you every almost, ha, Rachel have, I've have, ever have, met have in my been, life. Have there been Rachels where you were like, this this could totally work, but your name's Rachel? Four of them. <laughs> four different Rachels over the years. At least like, at, mother. At fuck. least four. Wow. wow. Yes. You hate to see it. The second you meet him. I, the sec- I meet a girl and she goes, my name is Rachel. I just walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's done. So that sounds, that sounds smart. It fucking sucks. Um, okay. Sorry. What were we talking about? The, outs- the outsider? The outsider. The outsider. First, can we do the Holly Gibney thing again? What the shit? Um, did we touch on it yeah, on Patreon? No, we, I feel we, like maybe. Yeah, we did. We did touch it on, on Patreon. When we, were on but, the, when we were on the Academy Awards. But in talk, case you huh? hadn't connected all of these things in your brain yet. Hey, we could use that part for our teaser. I haven't decided. Yeah. Well. On the yeah. fly. Look at us producing. That's right. Um. Sorry. Holly is played by actress Cynthia Erivo, who was just nominated for an Oscar for her role in Harriet as Harriet Tubman. That's that's the role that she played. And she's also oh, sounds like the star. She's also starring in the upcoming Aretha Franklin miniseries, 
which will be on the National Geographic channel for some reason. But I think that also means we're going to get- Everybody's in the game. I think that also means we're going to get it on Disney+. Plus. And uh, yeah, she's just, she's like one of the hottest names in the game right now. What's her actress name? Cynthia Erivo. And I, I didn't know who she was eight weeks ago. Neither did I. Um, she has the ability to pull off so many looks. Very many looks. It's crazy. And is also potentially a hobbit. I think she's very. Sm- I think she's small in stature. Are they playing with that at all on the outsider? No, you think no. She's just very small. I think she's just very stature. small. Yeah, mm-hmm. indeed. Um, a dynamite performer in in more aspects than we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Previously understood. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? This woman is ridiculously talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Aretha spe- uh, miniseries looks pretty pretty interesting. Looks good. She was introduced what episode two or three. Three. Of this show, Three. she is the star of this. And show. And now she's now she's kind of the lead. I think, like, if it wasn't intentional, she's accidentally the lead. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. the scene stealing lead of the show in every scene she's in. Yeah, uh, Ralph is more like he's subdued at this point a little bit comparatively. Well, things in this episode, we'll see uh, where this takes Holly from here because she's in a pretty, 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 <laughs> pretty bad spot there at the end, Barrett. Yeah, sticky situation. Not here. where you want to be. No. With rash cop taking with the you net, off. With, with the neck guy. That guy's taking you off to make you a neck girl. <laughs> yeah. Not what you want to be necking no. with that dude. Mm-mm. Don't get caught necking. You know that you used to call making out necking? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It's got nothing to do with your fucking neck. <laughs> also, sometimes in rap, they say, give me neck instead of head. Right. Right. Sorry. Pop culture. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to get you learned. If you're like 46 in your car right now on the way to work and you're like this disgusting <laughs> son of a bitch. Look, we'll get back to the TV. Just give me my moments of, of uh, crude humor. Um, anyway, Holly Gibney and her actress blew my mind. Yeah, really, yeah. Didn't know. Mm-hmm. So to talk about what happened in this episode. <clears throat> first off, can I please make fun of everyone in the show and in the writer's room for thinking that once they had five fucking pictures of El Cuco, uh, lined up on a wall that very clearly connected everything. Uh, first of all, the episode opens with Ralph holding his wife's and the kids, right? And he's like, I don't really see the resemblance. They're the same photo. Well, he's Somebody like, make us that meme right now. <laughs> that meme right now. The Pam, yeah. Yes. Pam you Beasley. know which one. Okay. We were watching this episode <clears throat> and he starts picking up the two, looking at them like, as if he's starting to make the connection, like maybe these two, wasn't, I thought that was, what are you, the dead obvious in the last episode. Ralph, you're as so soon, behind. As soon, yeah, yes. We were already exactly. talking through this shit. Like, yeah. what, what happened here? You didn't take your wife's drawing and you're like, oh shit, this looks like the one that the kid drew. No. So he's staring at him and he's like, he's like, you're the one talking about evidence and facts and dumb cop shit like that and, and then, then you can't even put then these... you don't <laughs> that shows how fucking blind to it all he is though right yeah like it shows yeah. exactly how it turned because look he he's so fucking caught up at this point he can't even see that the two things he's looking at mm-hmm. are the exact same picture right then his wife has to go and get the photos out of these kids get the mm-hmm. drawings out of these kids heads because she's the only one actually making any progress yeah, here. Yeah, they do a uh, what do you what is that called when you go when you when you go get a bait and switch? No, no, no. When you go and you do the <laughs> when the police do the uh, the drawing, you describe uh, them and they and they do the drawing. Yeah. Oh, there's no way I'll come up with that now though. But Mike, yeah, you got no. They ask you for a sketch. 
but a police sketch. A police sketch. sketch. There you go. Sketch artist. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yes, I'm on fire. <laughs> um, see Rachel, you idiot. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it's a police sketch. A police sketch. That's yeah. What I, that's okay. What I was looking for. So she goes and gets those out of those kids, and then she's like. She puts them on the wall because she's not, you know, the stupidest human being alive. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, well, they're all the same fucking picture. Right. And then they go and have that meeting. Then Holly comes to their house. And only then is Holly like, hold up. <laughs> Are y'all fucking with me? You didn't even bring the lineup of the photos. This is clearly a huge break in the case here. What the hell? Are these pictures on the wall? Yeah. Don't you think that that would have been like maybe the one relevant thing for Glory to have seen? What? Oh, 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 these things that my daughter's described, two other people have seen this thing. Like, it, she, I don't think she's going to believe anybody one way or the other, but, Cause, cause it's but not, at least that's something. It's not a generic stick figure, bro. It's a, no. it's a very, it's a unique enough looking monster to where if you yes, see both pictures, absolutely. you go, oh shit, this is the they same They all have freak. the hood, they all have the crooked eye, they all have the weird smile, the black holes, the the whole shebang, baby. So in the end, she puts it together, right? This yeah. is the evolution yeah. of this thing. It's mm-hmm. shedding its skin, if you will. It's right. metamorphosizing into the whatever it needs to become to do its business next. Right. Although I That's don't- That's why there's I, gaps I, I, in the they, killings, they, they right? They insinuate that like the thing was kind of projecting itself into the home of Ralph, but it left its residue. So I don't know how it's like holograph version yeah, leaves a residue. I didn't follow that. Very clearly. Yeah. I was like, wait, okay, so they finally, they, you know, green light the chair, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Green light. Blue light? Blue light. Blue light. Red light, green light, blue light, green Now, fish. do you think that you have to, you know, if, if you do this on your iPhone, hmm. you have to do blue and a red, I mean, a, a purple? No, no, no. What am I saying? It's a Just purple. To make a... It's like a purple light, and they use blue and red to make the purple. But it's called a right. blue light, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? That's okay. Yeah. Never mind though. Blue light hotel room. Never mind. She used two primary colors. Yeah. UV light. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's all over the chair, and then they get into that discussion about the projecting or the holographic. Mm-hmm. What? I I didn't understand that. I was very confused by that conversation. Yeah. They, she doesn't think it's like in a strong enough state to be out and about right now. Uh, in in, its, so she in thinks, its cycle? Right, yeah. So that's why it hasn't fully taken over strip club guy yet. Right. At that point. It's, we've got another cop we, watching. We think what it's doing right now is transforming into strip club guy. Right, slowly. Right. He, he hasn't gotten his, he hasn't gotten hit yet. Or whatever. Well, he's gotten, no, so he has. He's, he's not, hit. so he's not going to be a rash guy. Don't forget, Terry Maitland was totally fine throughout all of this. He got the cut. And Cuckoo did his thing. He doesn't. Once he scratches the the host, if you will, he doesn't need that dude anymore. He doesn't have to make you a rash guy. The rash guy is an accomplice. Rash guy is a totally different category so, from scratch guy. Yes, Rashneck, old Jack, our police guy. He's going to be the one that brings the sh- uh, Cuckoo Strip Club version. El Cuckoo colon. Strip club version, edition. Yes, <laughs> edition, yes. Yeah, he's going to help him, you know, he's going to serve up the the murderese on a platter or whatever. Okay. The Fuck. victims. That's intense. Yeah. You got, two, there's two, there's two, there's two things you have, or there's three parts to the little, to the, to the, the deal, to the dealio. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I'm using scientific words here. Of course, only. Always. Um. You got El Cuckoo. He scratches somebody. 
Yep. That means that he can turn into them. Mm-hmm. But then he needs the help of Neckrash guy. Gotta have a side. Gotta have, yeah. <laughs> so right now we, so we still, what we don't know, one of the, one of the mysteries hanging out out there is we don't know who Terry Maitland's net guy was or right, is. Right, right. Okay. Damn. Dude, there's, this is a lot. Okay, so what is the intention of Net Guy with Holly, you think? Because it's told him, so, stop her. Yeah. She's getting too close. She's figured shit out. And she also has recognized that it is trying to stop her. Yes. That it is actively attempting to destroy Ralph and, and stop all of this Yeah, the, at the end of this episode, when she sees Jack's rash on the back of his neck. And is like, oh, shit she balls. Kn- she knows what's, she happening. Knows what's happening. At that yes. point, yeah. But she so, can't, totally. obviously, he, he's but, like, so no. J- Jack is taking her out to... Killer. Killer. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That's uh, problematic for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Okay, what else happens in this one? Um, so, Ralph, very incredulous, not really buying into any of this yet, uh, but he goes to, I thought an important scene was when he goes to see Glory after she storms out of the, uh, of the big meetup. Right. And it's clear that Grief Monster has is infecting her and we kind of see she's like buying into we, we kind of see does. like how he's getting her now it's because she's starting to believe that terry actually did it which is going to tear her life apart it's going right. to ruin everything she ever thought she knew right and like you know it's, lead, it's lead to finally some, getting to her lead to something horrific because and nobody's yeah. been able to serve her up anything of substance that yeah. she can wrap her hands around exactly so she's finally starting and that to was kind of another a, a piece of the cycle that we didn't have yet like we see everybody we know how all these other victims and and hosts how it kind of played out for their extended Families, family and yeah. people that they were close with and you know people getting got hofstetter's mom driving into the pole and guy hanging, him, guy hanging himself and <laughs> heart attacks and strokes and suicide by trying to kill other people and the, just all this nasty stuff that we're seeing with an empty how pistol it spirals yeah. how it spirals out yeah. and now we get a look at like how it's how it's going to try to take down glory is with this this insidious thought about what if her husband really was like this monster that brutally savagely murdered this little kid so we see how it has its hooks in her mm-hmm. um at one point holly says to terry or to ralph rather that she thinks he would be the number one target if she was el cuco mm-hmm. and he's like sorry because he doesn't have any evidence that that he has been el cuco yet right and she's like hold up have you had any like unexpected visitors or any dreams and he fi- this is the one thing about Ralph that I like this about his character. If you start to press on the truth, if you ask a question that leads to the truth, he will tell the truth still. Right. Even right. if it's discrediting his theory. Sure. Or pushing away from his argument. So he admits to her, not directly, but he says it wasn't him. Yeah. Yep. And she can piece it together. Right. Um, but he, he's refusing to believe that situation where his son came out and said, you have to let me go, that that was El Cuco trying to get him to let go of everything in this case, pretty much too, it was, or whatever. It doesn't matter what the exact message was, but um, I'm interested to see, because of what she said, like, it seems like you'd be the number one target. And now that we've, we're seeing some of the other places that El Cuco is starting to take hold, it's like, what would, what would happen with Ralph next? Because right now he's pretty much freaking useless, yep. right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the dude is making zero progress. Yeah, he keeps, I mean, and that's because he wants to base everything, his resistance to... The unknown and, and the, the possibility yeah, the, of Yeah, the unexplainable, shit. really, the stuff that doesn't make sense is kind he of... has no place for it or whatever, no room is, for it. Is stalemating him, essentially. Yeah. Because he's going to keep, continue looking for he's evidence that's not, up that's not really there. Over. Right. You know? Uh, I think that, I think his, his buddy from the, the GBI, the, the kind of the, the other investigator, the one that is because of his family history, he's got a little bit, you know, he's the one that tells him that dreams are messages. Mm -hmm. He's familiar with El Cuckoo. Yes. I don't think anybody told him or to do this or even knows that he's following strip club guy. Right. So we don't see what happens next, right? That's the last we see of strip club guy. So I got I have a feeling that he's going to come in handy following this dude around. I think it'll save your type of situation for, yes. for that yeah. cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also was like, you could tell he did, he, you know, he dabbed himself up mm-hmm. old cross mm-hmm. style on the chest. I forget what that's called. Right. No disrespect right. to my Catholics out there. Um, Sign of the cross. When they were talking about El Cuco, he yeah. was like, nope, nope, not messing with this shit. And I told you, dude, like I've gotten DMs from people who were like, y'all shouldn't even be talking about Oh yeah, no, on Twitter. Show. We've gotten some mentions. Like yeah. y'all shouldn't be talking about this shit. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's problematic, you see, because we're discussing the television <laughs> show rooted in this thing. But for real, people take this shit very, very seriously. It is wild. Um, what would you make of Holly's vision on the bus? She's on the bus. I did not know what to make of that, especially because- The whole bus scene was weird, yeah, man. the bus driver kind of looks at her. They seemed to- And, you, and we-, we Go ahead. There was some kind of presence there because they seem, they fr- like she's on the bus and she's sitting and it's doing all its weird ominous music shit that this show does. Mm-hmm. But they like focused on a passenger, another passenger for a second who almost seemed to be like he was like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like he got taken or some shit. That like, was the driver. That was the driver they showed? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no yeah. shit. That's why I was, that's why I was confused. Okay, then, they, yeah, it was real weird. They show the driver and you get this kind of feeling, eerie feeling that the driver is malevolent yeah yeah, thank you great word um and just as she's about to respond to the the um andy i think his name is the private investigator back in or the the mall security guy back in ohio Mm -hmm. the wi-fi goes out so like i was like as if somebody just did that turned it off yeah that's like the bus driver turned it off or something like that like but then the bus driver is all like a you know just a regular dude when she accidentally freaks out what are you crazy you almost killed us yeah, all. Yeah, drives her to the right place and nothing happens. And I, yeah, so I didn't know what to think about the vision. Or like why a bus driver would swerve into the fucking side of an embankment or whatever and then be like, we're all good and just continue on down the road. I, I think maybe, I, I think maybe it, it was just like her kind of getting caught up in all of the darkness and all of the scary stuff, almost as if, almost like, after, you know, a lot of people, they watch something like The Outsider and then they don't want to take their dogs out because they're freaked out and they'll see stuff or hear stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, like that type of thing. Like when yeah. you start diving into this, you kind of scare yourself a little bit, right? Sure. So that's that's one possible explanation. The other thing that it could possibly tie to is even though we have El Cuckoo using Jack to say, you know, to stop her and we know that El Cuckoo can appear in various forms to other people. He appeared as Jack's mom. Right. He, that was terrifying. He's appearing as, as Ralph's son. That was so think. Stephen King, by the way. 
It just felt like Stephen King, yeah. man, like a moment. So, like, why why isn't he appearing to Holly to try to stop her? Why isn't he just like, you know? Yeah, it feels like his powers are sort of there's a reserve, yeah, on what it can do, when, mm-hmm. and how much it has to have accomplished and able to do that next thing, or like there's a checklist, almost, right? Right. And there's also, there, you know, she mentions when she's trying to lay everything out to the group uh-huh. that she thinks that these people were quote unquote chosen. Right. And we don't really have, we don't know where they're going with that either yet. Like what, but they, they have to have, they well, but they have to have a grief, right? Or a darkness or some horrible loss in their life. Like with Terry, they had lost a son, right? Or some shit. No, that's Ralph. Ralph, Terry hadn't had a kid lost or anything like that. No. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Cause like even with their in with the cop is that, like his wife left him and then he clearly had mm-hmm. some type of fucked up relationship with his mother. So like it uses the things in your life or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, that scene with him. Why? Okay. So why did it show him his mother and then have his mother beat the ever living piss out of him? I, I think because that was the worst thing like to, for him. Was he trying that, to get that out was, of the web of the thing? He was like, uh, what's the thing in Harry Potter? It appears is the scariest thing to you. Sure, yeah. That thing? That thing was awesome. Great scene. Phenomenal. The uh, spider on, on uh, ice skates or yeah. whatever. So, that, so I feel like that's kind of what it's doing. Snape in a, in a dress and shit. <laughs> like it's going to appear as something horrifying to you personally. But what was it accomplishing? It already had him, right? Oh, so he was... It had it had alleviated his neck rash, and he said, "Oh, God, thank you, like, thank right." You. But then it, but then he it wasn't was listening. He didn't stop Holly when it told him to. Ah, uh, okay. So then it beat the shit so then out it of beat him. Beat the shit out of him. Fully gave back. the rash even back to him even worse. And now he's okay. Okay, I'll do whatever you yeah. want again. Yeah, I was like sort of there, but not all the way. So thank you. Yeah, this was helpful. Speaking of Harry Potter, they stole the etching in the hands thing too, right from Harry Potter. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah how about that creepy as hell. Yeah, um, all in all, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. Mm. This should have been eight episodes, not ten. This This one scared the shit out of me, though. There's so much that, like, I think very clearly could have been... You could have taken the last... Easily the last three episodes and made it two. That's how this dude does, though. Price or, or King? It, the, whichever one is the last or the uh, night of yeah Richard Price yeah, yeah. it's sort of he they they just draws there's it's like remember in the night of how we'd have those long shots mm-hmm. of stuff where you're just like a character will get up and walk away and the shot will maintain for another 15 seconds right, on where right. they were seated yeah yep. and you're like well that well that didn't seem necessary that, there's seven minutes of that an episode yeah so that's a lot of it it's stylistic that they're literally I mean like because that's you're absolutely right. They could trim down the shit out of this. Like, Ralph hasn't done anything in, in weeks. He's he's yeah. like the second main character, if not the first anymore. So it's just, yeah, it's well, weird. It's in a weird spot. What I find interesting is that, uh, and I don't know, I haven't read the book, but what, I, what I've what i read online and like some reviews of the show is that they blasted through like a huge chunk of the book in like the first two or three episodes. No, well, maybe that's why they're, now they're just like, and, and so now they, they really like, Damn. It, it, what it basically sounds like is they've stretched the last seven episodes are covering the last quarter of the book, basically, or something like that. That's well, they may have saved as far as, as ratio time as there. ratio goes. I, I, you know, and I don't, I don't know if that's exact, but that's kind huh. of what I'm getting the feel. That's the that's the inference that 
that some of these reviews and critiques are making. But I just, you know, I I'm really enjoying the show. It's 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 scary. It's tense. It's uh it's a cool story. This one gave me the creeps. This one. Uh, this episode though, I did have like it. This one was definitely the one where I was like, this could this does not need to be ten episodes. It also in all I hated the the picture thing really bugged me, man. Yeah, yeah, and then. Unless that's intentional and I'm not getting it yet. In every scary story like this, you get to a point where, and this is just, this is horror 101, right? But like sometimes what you don't know and what you can't see is what's scary about Mm -hmm. something. So we're approaching landing here. Where you think we get. And we know about Stephen King's, you know, penchant for otherworldly turtle gods and. Crazy shit. Crazy shit like that. And so I'm just like a little worried that in the explanation and the landing and the finish for the show, shit gets weird. You're just going to be like, "Oh, what the shit?" You know what I mean? I'm the I don't know, man. I don't think HBO would have bought the story yeah. if it ended shitty. I like, just just keep it super dark and demonish and like mysterious and scary as well, hell. Well, something from True Detective season 1, bro. Yeah, exactly. We don't need in, all in the Yes, exactly. And don't try to like, don't try to give me too much. You know what I mean? And I know that's, I know that's uh, hypocritical because everybody always like wants the answers and we criticize stuff when they don't actually explain anything to us. Yeah, but there's like a layer, there's like but a at perfect the, yeah, layer. Yeah, at the same there. time, it's like, I, I just don't want it to be hokey either. I know, I know what you mean. Especially because so, these performances from these actors are are so fucking good yeah. that it would be a shame if they can't land. You, that being said- you're saying we're approaching. I mean, not really. Yeah, we got four <laughs> episodes left. Yeah. <laughs> not really, man. That was a lot of, that was a long ass hour of TV. Yeah, we we're just, just past the halfway point. It's like a, it, it, this, in all know actuality. What? Speaking of Stephen King and Turtles, this is like a turtley pace for uh, for the story of the mm-hmm. last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on to Kirby Enthusiasm, unless you have any other outsider takes. Uh, bit. Let's see. No, I don't think I do. By the way, you know what's been really interesting? I've been. When I need like a quick recap just to have up in front of me, remind me of stuff the show is going on. Yeah, yeah. And I've been Googling. Uh-huh. Top recap on Forbes. Forbes.com has I like s- the top recap. Forbes is always getting up in the they recaps. Must, uh, they, they must have some dynamite SEO, huh? They throw down the cash in the SEO department. Yeah. It's probably stellar. That's probably their that's so. their whole deal, Forbes, is SEO yep. columns at this point. So that makes sense. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Um, Caribbean Enthusiasm's fourth episode, uh, as, as we spoke to at the beginning of our pod, revolves around Larry getting invited to go on a destination wedding in Mexico, in Cabo, uh, and Cheryl's invited as well, which there's like the checklist of all the different things Larry covers in this episode is, is ridiculous, and we'll just go through all of them. So, <laughs> um, Okay, first of all, there was a clip of Larry David that went viral of him answering a question that you and I have sort of touched on over the weeks. Basically, the interviewer asked him what he would think about people who wear MAGA hats in real life and see his show. And he basically said, I don't give a fuck. I do not give a fuck what anybody would think about any of this. It's just, he's, it's, and I didn't even take that as an offensive thing at like, fuck all the MAGA people. It was like, it's a goddamn television show. Yeah, to paraphrase, the guy asks him if he's worried about alienating anyone. Those that might align themselves with the MAGA hat. And he says, he says no. I don't give a fuck. No. And that's also, again, to, to, frame that up in the like I didn't take that as a fuck you thing so much in comedy you are you make fun of everyone right so like 
Larry gets into anybody and everybody. It's sort of like the South Park thing. If you make fun of everybody, it's okay, you know? And everybody has to be on board for that, though, too. Like, you you got to be okay with being made fun of. Uh, anyway, that was just like a random clip that went viral that I thought was it was just cool. I love seeing him in his element, like, in real life. Yeah. When he starts freaking out. Uh, and he, he was just, like, very passionate about his answer. Anyway, first off, disrespecting the captain. You don't disrespect the captain. There's this guy who wants to be called the captain instead of the pilot. You must have been so offended by this. I, I was... <laughs> Just drooling, getting... There was a point in our lives where Barrett and I were associated with a captain yeah. of a boat. Yeah. Because we were right. on a boat. A friend took us on this boat and uh, in high school. In mm-hmm. this... And in an early college. Early and late college, actually. True, true. We got to go multiple times. It was phenomenal. Uh, shouts to the Stoika family. We appreciate y'all. Um, and when we were on this boat, uh, th- anyway, this captain, we got dr- real drunk one night, and apparently I found captain to be the most admirable respected position in the world at that moment. Yeah, yeah. And I proceeded to tell this gentleman for about 40 <laughs> minutes how special he was to me. Because you're the captain, because man. Because you're the captain. Because you're the captain and you're, our lives are in your captain hands, yeah. man. And he was just like, what the fuck? I think he was probably on cocaine, <laughs> it ended up, which is really funny in hindsight. Which is, I'm, I mean, yeah, you... you Drunk him high. You probably just continued in this circular egging each other on. He's eating it up. You're just keep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a 45 year old washed cocaine addict, and Mm -hmm. I'm just building his ego. It couldn't be better for him. Yeah, I don't know why I'm doing it slowly but but surely. All my friends trickle away from the table, (laughs) and nobody's ever shut up about it. I have no idea. All that to say, you of all people understand the importance of respecting of of respecting a captain of a captain and what he does and brings to the table. Absolutely. And if he needs to know the weights, you give him your weight. You that's do. just that's just Captain One Hundred and One. I would think. Listen, yeah, I love that that we've started to get into rich people problems mm-hmm. with Larry, like the weight on a private jet thing <laughs> and using whatever. What 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 a company is it that he used in this one? Oh, it I didn't almost even struck me as a. They had to have paid. Was it NetJets? Maybe or one of the other ones. It doesn't matter. One of those big ones. Was there a brand on the jet? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I bro. didn't even notice. Oh yeah, it, it was like a full blown. I was like, well, that. They, I hope they got paid for that. Hmm. It struck me as a fucking commercial. Um, but that's not a normal person problem. That's not something that most people even are aware of as an issue. That's true. That if you rent a private jet, you have to list all the passengers that are going on that jet's weight mm-hmm. so that they can ensure the jet maintains between the weight balance it's supposed to. Right. That's a right. thing that wealthy people encounter, not normal people. So it cracks me up when that shit starts to leak into his show because he's been so wealthy for so fucking long. Um, and I loved the the concept of all the ways that weight tied into this and the yo-yo with his random date, this woman he met mm-hmm. that he doesn't know if she's yo-yoing up or yo-yoing <laughs> down, but she's certainly yoing uh, was fucking hilarious. The bringing in a a... a, a carnival weight guesser somehow tying that into the hole i loved that was unbelievable he's got everybody out there spinning him around making him this guy needs to see every side of him to be able to guess their weight accurately you know we 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 weren't sure how we felt about the kind of like really over the top slapstick nature of the of the ending of episode three yeah but when Curb goes like with these kind of like zany plot points yeah. that really do feel like they could be something out of a cartoon, basically. Right. right. It, sometimes 
those that that's when the show is like running on all cylinders. You know what I mean? But they have to hit. It's they, just... they they do have to hit. And the and the 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 episode three it was so Three Stooges e yeah for lack of a better word it was such an homage to like that really absurdist slapstick you know kind of it was ridiculous inanity that it 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 did it felt almost ridiculous this was just a really really funny situation just a great like. It's just creative as well. Something you wouldn't think of to like tie a the the guess your weight guy to the weights on a private jet to I mean like to the, the whole, yo-yoer. Yeah, it's just all really really well put together and funny. And I don't you know because the the hiatus between seasons is so long, especially when you like previ- prior to season nine. Yeah, you know we're talking seasons one through seven. We're like. Early mid two thousands, basically. Long so it's time. been a long time since I've seen most of those episodes, and I can't quite remember if they had a lot of this or if it was all a little bit. Oh, they did a lot. I feel like they did. It's always been the core of the show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, I thought this one was. Uh, I thought this one was really funny. I also agree, dude, because it had moments where I felt the same slapstickiness mm-hmm. that, between him and Jeff, especially, mm-hmm. but it was hysterical <laughs> instead of silly. Like I was like, right. it was working. Instead of uh, making me uncomfortable, I had one more rich people problem he inserted was chipping in. Because this is how this works in wealthy scenarios. There'll be like two motherfuckers that own jets, right? Mm-hmm. Or that have the means to rent jets. And then they all, all these rich people, they go do things together. Go right. golf tournaments, right. resorts, whatever. Whatever rich people do. And people often try to score free rides to things through each other. And don't want to chip in. And I imagine Larry being one of the wealthier people in Los Angeles at this point has encountered this many, many times where Larry's either going to the Academy Awards and letting somebody ride with him or something like that. And I guarantee you that's where it came from, which is, again, not a normal person thing, but it's sort of that one trickles down. We all understand not chipping in for something and how it could be funny. But on that scale, I'm telling you, that came from life, Mm -hmm. not from... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and and, and, I mean, you imagine that that Larry sits around with jerry and ted danson and like these guys they're that multi, are worth, multi-millionaires worth, yeah they're hundred oh they're all hundred millionaires at least and you think ted's got that kind of money from cheers i do and because he keeps doing stuff left and right like the good place and dude uh, he has always had a good career he's and, never really had a lull yeah yeah good for him yeah he's done but he doesn't have jerry or larry money not no i don't think he's quite there but i'm i'm sure that he is He's he's charter a jet when you when you need to, wealthy. Sure. So I, I, it's probably something funny that, or at like, the very least, chip in. I, I just this is one of those ones that they probably all experience, which is why they can all kind of relate to it. Sure. They they can make it funny. Yeah. You know, I related heavily to Larry's hotel room situation <laughs> because Barrett, every hotel room I've ever checked into in my entire life has let me down. <laughs> and you've never checked into one where you were like. This is it. This is the place. Never. Yeah. Never happened. There is always an issue. I always arrive. They don't have the room I booked mm. because mm-hmm. I went through Expedia or something. Right, sort. right, right. No, no, no. That room's gone. Why would they have that room? It's the room I paid for. They have this other room. It's of equal or lesser value. I, I will say, by and large, totally agree with the sentiment. The, the, the professional photography done for hotel rooms and in the marketing materials on yes. hotel websites. It's too much. It, it's too much. It makes every, like, you know, kind of decent tier and above hotel look amazing. 
Yeah. Like you're just going to be rolling in the swank. You know, this is the softest fucking bed you've ever seen. The pillows are made of yeah, angel yeah. tits. Everything's like, fresh and new and bright light. And yeah. Just everything's just golden. Golden. Champagne shower. <laughs> yeah. No, it's disgusting. And then you get there. And it's just the And they, they almost never There's live up to the body to the, the pictures. Yeah. Well, and the other part, though, is literally every time I've gone on a group trip, I walk into my shit ass hotel room and I'm like, yeah, this is what happens. And then I go like over to your room mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, whoever. And the other person's room is always nasty, like incredible, <laughs> baller, yeah. the nicest room I've ever seen. And I'm like, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Or it'll be like two people splitting a big ass suite. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm stuck in a corner. <laughs> There's a rat. There's a rat in my shower using it to bathe. Yeah. It's disgusting. Anyway, so I loved the uh, shitty hotel room situation because everybody says their room is great. And it's, you know, it's a fucking hotel. Um, Larry finds his beans in Cabo. Yeah. That we find he's going to need. I also really liked the whole, th- th- this also, again, it felt so elementary, but it worked so well. Him and Leon going to all the coffee, in the montage, testing all the coffee places. Yes. Every time, taking a sip, looking at other, looking at each other and just going, yeah, shaking their heads. It's like this like, that was, childish yes, level of comedy. It was so, so funny to me. Um, he maintains yeah, I mean, that though. We don't, we don't have that anywhere else. <laughs> Like, this is the place it lives on, is like this silly-ass, slapstick, weird-ass, old-school comedy. Is mm-hmm. It's on curb. It's on curb. It is, yeah. Fucking bizarre. But he's, he finds his beans. I feel like he's really... I feel. I do feel like he's really bringing it back this season, though. For I, sure. It's yeah, stronger. It's strong this season. The vibe is strong this season. Mm-hmm. Um, the beans he ends up loving are the, are the hotel's proprietary <laughs> beans, uh, I mean, it's a proprietary blend. Like It is. This is... So he can't, uh, he can't get his hands on it. Then him and Leon spot... A thing of beans like going through the wedding where Larry is dressed like a, for some reason an international <laughs> island spy. Uh, his his date, the yo-yo, is dressed in Susie's clothes, the uh, which is unbelievable. Eventually, in the end of the episode, he gets his beans. He gets back on the plane. He's weighed all of his friends via Ernesto. <laughs> And they're still over because for whatever reason, he didn't account for the beans. Yeah. How so then he, he has to stay behind? Yeah, yeah. And they leave his ass on the net jet or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. Curb. Yeah, I, 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 could see the, I could see the beans on the jet thing coming from a mile away, but I liked, I, I loved that he stuck with the beans. You got, it's all about the beans, you know? That's, beans are good. Latte Larry's is going to be a failure if they don't get the right beans. So a thumbs up or thumbs down episode for oh, you? Oh, thumbs up for yeah, sure. Yeah, me too, me too. This was an upswing. Just, I mean, everything, it had the great cameo from Timothy uh, Oliphant as well as Mickey, um, who I thought was the, who who was the perfect smarmy groom. Oh my God, yes. Glad handing everybody, but Ugh. also not really caring about anybody else's experience except for his own which by the way i've got a thing <laughs> you're a groom that's your it's absolutely you're right but he was just he was a perfect guy to play that yeah no for sure uh what else uh, I laughed out loud like you know what is it called? a buckled over when larry grabbed leon's uh peanut butter and jelly crackers and just started smashing them and then he goes motherfucker now i'm gonna have to eat this with a spoon <laughs> He's still going to eat this shit. But he doesn't care. I, one, that was like my one of my absolute favorite after school snacks. <laughs> You're fucking ridiculous. Is Ritz crackers with peanut butter and a little bit of jelly on top of each one. Never done it in my life. Are you serious? And I may 
You're Massive a big PB and J guy. guy. Oh that's, my god, it's so good. I don't know how I missed this. Yeah, yeah especially because yeah. we like I, I know. knew you long. Like maybe this is so, like you were too old by the time I met yeah, you. Yeah, probably, for snack. probably. I, yeah, I probably was. Damn. I Even that. though I, I mean, there were definitely nights in college dorms and apartments that I, I See, probably, that's why I probably I resorted like, to this. I feel like what the shit. Yeah, man, but um, deprived. You fed me a fucking two week old Jack in the Box taco <laughs> once. You couldn't <laughs> feed me up some fucking regular <laughs> snacks, some peanut, some peanut butter uh, and jelly Ritz crackers. Christ. So immediately I was like, oh, that's a good snack. Leon knows what's up. And then Larry, I don't know. Just uh, that's. It reminded me of an of of uh, of some of the SNL sketches that I always find funniest. Right. Which are usually, again, like when it, people are just doing just the, the the most ridiculous shit to each other, basically. When stuff is so over the top. It's so absurd la- humor. It's abs- yeah. yeah, so Larry just grabbing that and just smashing it all with his hand. I don't know. That just... Bro, Leon is that wearing really, a That really got me. Uh, the, I put, we put this uh, this photo up on our Instagram um, because HBO put it up as well with it like... It was like uh, his necklace that Leon wears is prominent and I, did, I had never noticed this, and it just it reads, I gets mine. I gets mine. It's just a, a simple gold chain, and it says, I gets mine. <laughs> and Leon is one of the greatest television characters ever. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't even remember how they found a way to insert him into this show. Yeah. I just remember being like, oh, thank God, because he's great. And then, like we talked about, at one point, he took over the whole goddamn thing. It was crazy. Um, oh, Curb. But it, yeah, it, it was, I'll it was, say- as a, as the like you know the chaser you need after the outsider, it plays perfectly because mm-hmm. the outsider is dark as hell. Yeah, it is. And they they give you those forty second shots of rooms after people walk out of them, and you're just like looking at every object, like which one is going to turn into a thing? It's terrifying. All right, so in uh, in huge news in the movie world, time for a news brief. In breaking news. Enough time has passed since our most recent uh, mass shooting that anyone cared about, apparently, and now we can release The Hunt. That's right. Finally, Universal is releasing The Hunt. That movie, uh, what is it? It's by Lindelof wrote it, right? Yeah, which I don't, I think maybe we talked about that on this podcast at some point, but I did not internalize that until today when I was reading about the re-release of the movie. Yeah, Lindelof wrote this? Are you kidding me? I didn't. I didn't internalize it at all until this news broke. I didn't have that in my head at all. Which also... I thought you probably wouldn't. I'd feel like a fool. No, but I'm just feeling like a general fool because none of this is surprising, by the way. I'm a big Christopher Nolan guy. I'm a big Damon Lindelof guy. Know what movie I love that is ridiculed in many circles but also has lots of passionate fans? Hmm. Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the passionate ones. Lindelof wrote it. No, No wonder I fucking like that movie so much. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I love that movie though. Yeah. yeah. So some people shit on it. It know, really makes me angry. Yeah. I, that's like one of my favorite sci-fi. If of you all time. if you don't like Prometheus, you're just not deep enough, man. Nah, you just don't get it. You just you just don't get it. You shallow, <laughs> shallow human. <laughs> you disgust me. Yeah. So this is finally coming out. But though. so yeah, Lindelof wrote this thing. So um, I, I mean, he wrote it with Watchmen collaborator Nick Cuse. Why would I not want to see this? And it's about people hunting people. People hunting people. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's also a new... Hillary Swank is in it. That's right. Uh, there's a new Wes Anderson flick coming out. Mm, is that so? Yeah. What is it about? Trailer, trailer dropped today. It's called... Oh shit! I haven't even watched it yet. Yeah, it's called the um... New New Yorker inspired film. The French, the French. Why am I forgetting? Dispatch. This? The French Dispatch. Thank you. Yeah. Sweet. So we've got that to look Comes forward out this to. Summer. Yeah. There. Another thing. Uh, 
this this movie coming out very soon. Did you? Will Ferrell, Julia Louis Dreyfus, they were presenters at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. They are starring in a movie together that comes out in like a week called Downhill. You ever heard of this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? I have watched this trailer. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. They're a family I love, on I love both a of ski them vacation. Too, so right? I want to see that. That's the premise. Yeah, yeah, they're on a ski vacation. I have absolutely zero reason not to watch a Will Ferrell, Julia Louis Dreyfus led ski vacation movie. Yeah, that's one thousand percent going into <laughs> my brain. That's the thing I will take in. In other breaking news, Birds of Prey flopped so hard in the box office that they actively changed the title of the film after its release, which I'm not sure is a thing I've seen before and is also fucking hysterical. They changed it to Harley Quinn, dot, dot, Birds of Prey. What is that dot, dot called? Colon? Shock! Colon. Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, rather than Birds of Prey, parentheses, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, Mm -hmm. which means... That the one rich guy who was still standing, who was still holding his fucking own and and not breaking, finally said, screw it, change the name. Because uh, he, the, the argument must have been like, well, the title's too long and crazy and people don't know all these words like fantabulous and emancipation it's, and they're <laughs> scary. And then look, and, they, and then they changed it and this one dude broke and now we're here. This is just sad. Sad. Now, Very sad. To 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 be clear, it, it's I believe that some cinemas have changed the name, like on like the marquee, in an effort to oh as a as a reflection of so we don't that, have room for all these letters. No, on our marquee. no, no. It's still it, the the impetus to to make this change was because it it was not doing well it was not it did not do great in its first weekend it's it debuted to 33 million dollars 81 but um, it was well below it's like projected 81 million worldwide yeah and it only cost 84 and a half to make which by so superhero make money m- movies is pretty cheap it, honestly it's kind of weird because ford versus ferrari had the same budget and it made less and that was considered a hit but yeah, it's probably just picture. it's just expectation. It's it, right. Yeah. It's expectation. It's not it's superhero exactly. And it's it's still it's going to make money. And yeah, I yeah, I also think, uh, you know, Mike told us right at the end of our Patreon podcast yesterday that this movie is actually pretty good. Yeah, he's Mike's and going to bat for it on funny. Twitter. It's really it's and really funny. It's got it's 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 Rotten Tomatoes score and it's and it's uh, it's tomato meter and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is above eighty percent on each one. So like, can't ask for more. I think it's probably going to, I, 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 I imagine that its life will be extended through some good word of mouth and uh, decent reviews. It's an it's an Austin Powers situation where that movie was a flop in the box office, and then people word of mouth caught on, and mm-hmm. then you know people liked it, and it made a bunch of money on home video. I, now, having said all that, I think that. Putting Harley Quinn's name in the title of the movie, like that was probably should have been done in the first place. Yeah. It probably should have always been called Harley Quinn colon Whatever, Birds yeah. of Prey or, yeah. some, or something like that. Because for me, before the reviews, the only draw for this movie was that it starred Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Me too. Absolutely. So for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's just it just seems like a. It's, this isn't, you don't, this is not what you want. 
confusion over the title. Right. No. They've got yeah. three. It's AMC, yeah. Cinemark, and Regal that are the three that They're are gonna displaying it. it as a different name in an effort to try to boost the ticket sales and Also, shit. I don't know how that's going to boost ticket sales. I'm telling how you. How is it, the theaters changing the name going to boost ticket sales? Like people are just going to be the like, website? hey, let's go see a movie tonight. And they're going to scroll through the list. I think a lot of people do that. And be like, oh, Harley Quinn. I've never heard of this movie ever before. But I know Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad, feels, which I really liked. Feels strange that that would ever happen in the age of social media, right? Yeah. Like you know already, right? I, Maybe. It seems like you'd know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. That It's just a whole. I kind of want to see it. I love her. I know. And I know. I Mike said they make a joke. I'll said they make a joke at the expense of Jared Leto, which I'm in for. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Always in for that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Man. Oh, and Ewan McGregor is really funny in it. Oh, word. Ewan McGregor's in it? Yeah, he, he's a heavy. He's a bad guy. Oh. Nice. Chris Messina is in this movie as well. Chris Messina is his number one. Yeah. He's so, really, really funny. Too. Yeah. That's, yeah. He's getting a lot of love. Hmm. How about that? Yeah. How? About Rosie Perez is like born to play this role that she plays. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is amazing in the movie. See, Mike going to bat. That's right. I like this movie. He's going to bat for it. I'm I'm in. Now I'm in. I don't know if I'm going to go see it in theaters, but I'm in to watch it for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'll pirate it. I'll tell you, it drags a bit in the middle, but the beginning and the end, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, you answer this with one one word. Is it hot? It is hot. Okay. <laughs> You're supposed to just say one word. That was three, but um, a simple yes this would have done. This movie, The Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, it's, is it's flaming white, hot. flaming, hot. super hotty hot. Hot bread, Zeke. And on that note, we'll take you to our uh, Academy Awards conversation. You want to throw people to this little little teaser? Little yeah, yeah before we, we throw them to the teaser, I just I wanted to comment quickly on two things that I forgot to mention on the Patreon podcast. Okay. Bong Joon-ho, when he won Best Director and shouted out Quentin Tarantino for having been a longtime Bong fan, mm-hmm. Bong Ripper, if you will, putting his movies on lists, shouting him out, doing all sorts of stuff. And then also, of course, like taking a special moment <laughs> for Martin Scorsese, who then got an impromptu standing ovation. That was beautiful. That was so cool. And Scorsese was sleeping most of the and night. I don't, and right. And I don't, and, and you know, it was, I guess, mildly surprising that Irishman got shut out. But I, honestly, I don't really think that Marty cares. I don't I, think that. I agreed with it being shut out. I don't think that any of those dudes care. I think they wanted to make the movie because they wanted like. No, the movie was tight. One last crack at it. And it was a great movie and it got nominated for a bunch of awards, which is just a. Before that, I forget. That's really all you can ask for. I saw somebody make the joke on Twitter that uh, the scene with De Niro kicking the guy that we made fun of a whole bunch because it was fucking terrible, mm-hmm. that it was like watching a fight scene from Team America World Police. <laughs> <laughs> that was yes. the end. It was somebody came up with that, whoever it was, sir or ma'am, you were hilarious. Yeah. That was yeah. I've searched for that for months. And that is the perfect way to explain that. Anyway, very cool ode to both of those directors there, especially the standing over Scorsese was, was, uh, was neat. And then I also... I got a big kick out of all of the various Elsas singing the song, each like a little snippet of it in their own language. And it would like come up on the screen and say their name and what language they had done the film in. The, sure. the, the elf lady in the back was scary. Yeah, she was a little, little creepy right there. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what that was about either. Yeah, it's weird. I, just, yeah. I, just, I don't know. I just liked that. I, I thought that was cool because it made you... It just kind of like put something in front of you, Made you that you don't really countries. that you don't really think about that often. And languages, and that 
you, know, you don't think about that other people speak different languages? No, I don't think about <laughs> Frozen. When you're thinking about Frozen and the, other you Disney don't think movies about being the, global fucking smashes that gotcha. make a billion dollars. Right, distributed in 50 languages and shit. Especially the animated ones. Yeah. Adina Menzel and Kristen Bell are in like one one hundredth of the film of the versions of it, basically. That is crazy to consider, dude. Which is which is interesting because you've got all these other people, and mo- a lot of them probably stars in their own right in their own countries. I wonder how that's got to be a strange split financially. Jumping in, and it's just I, I mean, it, probably not. It's an American movie made by Disney, so Adina Menzel and Kristen Bell probably have all, all the big power, like, yeah. salary or back end or stipulations or whatever. And then I'm sure it's like a contract, like everybody else gets paid a you know a rate to do mm. it basically but, but you uh, enjoyed the, the singing in the I enjoyed that one mm. overall far too much far 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 too many musical performances obviously there were like 17 of them I think I, honestly that might have been the number it was, it, it was uh, insane it, it might as well have been the goddamn Grammys yeah it was are we gonna are we gonna do a bunch of movies shit at the Grammys but what this one this? But, but that one in particular I was just like oh, oh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah cool I like this I, uh, that was me in front of my gosh. But you know what I'm in saying though is like, oh it, my gosh. why is it that we feel we have to have so much music to draw people to care about movies? Because, okay, I, I've, tr- I've been trying to sort this out in my mind. The producers of the show think that there needs, they know, I think they know the show is overall as a whole, it's boring. Everybody's okay. sitting in chairs. Nobody is drinking. They don't have that going for them like with the Globes. Right. Like half the fun of the Globes is that we get to see all the big celebrities at rubbing tables, elbows with each other at their tables, pouring champagne. Like the whole, that whole thing is like fun. Yeah. The Oscars are- Feels like are, you're at the party. Yeah. So the Oscars are dull by comparison because that's not happening. And so they're like, we need, a, we need to spruce this up and have like fun, entertaining moments throughout the show. And yeah, they but, they resort to music musical performances to do that because they too think, often though I guess because they think that's more entertaining. But honestly, I would just rather have the show be thirty minutes shorter. We we'll just get better presenters or fucking hire hosts, you cheap bastards. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, just get somebody to come out there and tell some jokes. Shit. Make Corden come back out with the cat suit on. Let somebody kick his ass. Oh, did you see that the, the, the VFX union was not not chill about that? Oh, I'm sure they weren't. They were. Dude. They were not happy. Well, and frankly, the VFX union should cease to exist after that movie's creation <laughs> because it is clearly not accomplishing whatever that union was meant to accomplish if this film was allowed to exist. Mm. Freaking everybody out, scaring the kids and shit. I'm just kidding. Yeah, union. I don't follow the logic, but- I'm just kidding. Maybe those vi- those specific visual effects people? All of them should be canned uh, well, from their union. You know. can, you be, can you be booted from a union they for did, being- They did the best that they could. Look- if can you be booted from a union for promoting your pro furry bias onto the rest of us? I don't think so. I need to look into union law. It's the it's and I actually you know I don't even know if it's a union. It's the visual effects organization. Mm. They slammed. Sounds like a union to me. They slammed mocking cat segment at Oscar at the Oscars. Slammed. So they slammed it. Christ, you never ever want slammed to be the thing. Oh wait, now, now here it is being called the Visual Effects Society. Slam. Okay, sorry. This is this is riveting podcasting, I know. Let's uh Oh, we can well, get Oscar we can, preview. Yeah. So we did uh, on Patreon.com slash oysters clams cockles, we did an entire episode recapping and discussing the Academy Awards, which we have now given you a little bit of extra uh sprinkles on top of the cherry on top of the pie on the cake. Yeah. And we were go, already giving you the cherry, now we gave you a little whipped cream surrounding it. Yeah, just a little whipped cream around just, the nipples. Yeah, like, Patri- or like Varsity Blues. Patri- just, just like Varsity Blues. 
We tied it into a movie. It's fine. Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Um, and you'll get the entire thing. But here's a few minutes of Barrett and I further discussing some piece of the Academy Awards that I later deemed uh, to be worthy of you hearing right now as a tease to make you think that maybe this entire episode would be worthwhile. Here it is. I am getting sick and tired of the few years we've spent now where every single award show is focused on diversity, women's rights, breaking down the old uh, rule of Hollywood. These are all good things, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. But then we're still running out an Academy Awards with no female directors nominated. Mm -hmm. Then we're Mm -hmm. still starting the award show in 2020 with Chris Rock and Steve Martin joking about the same shit. Like, it's... If we're not going to move forward and start booting the people that are preventing us from moving forward, then what the fuck, man? I'm just getting sick of that. Yeah. It's like, it feels so repetitive. Anyway, to move on, not spend too much time on that. Here's not, here, here, <laughs> for reference, mm. last year's Best Actress nominees, Lady Gaga, Star is Born, Olivia Coleman, The Favorite, Glenn Close, The Wife, Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Yalitza Aparicio for Roma. So you've seen at least a couple of them so going I've in. So seen, I've seen at least a couple of those going in, and I thought Olivia Coleman in The Favorite was like just a knockout throwdown yeah. performance. I love like, her, it's by incredible. the way. Her speech, her so, little uh, presenting know, speech so the, last so night. So right there, like, again, I just, I've heard great things about Scarlett Johansson and Marriage Story, um, mixed reviews on Bombshell, and like, I'm sure the I'm sure the other performances are good, but, but it might have just, you know, not been the greatest year for the best actress category. I don't yeah. know. No, I don't know. Uh, from there, Parasite wins foreign film, as we knew it would. And then uh, that's when he gives us, you know, he's kind of like, man, he, you can tell, dude thought that was it. He was like, all right, we fucking did it. Ends up getting best picture. For, first time a foreign film has ever won that. I mean, really, really bigger deal than even I realized in the moment. I was just stoked for the, the squad, right? Because we loved the movie so much and we've been yelling respect Mr. Park ever since. And uh, all his speeches were solid. I love his translator. Um, and then I noticed on Twitter after the award show ends mm-hmm. that my boy, Neil Brennan, who's the co-creator of Chappelle Show, who's Dave Chappelle, um, who I by and large consider now that Louis ended up being a pervert to be the greatest stand-up comedian in my, my lifetime, and I believe Neil Brennan to be up there with him as well. A lot of Dave's success, humor, and comedy should be attributed to Neil. They are very much a partnership. Mm-hmm. It'd be almost like Elton John and Bernie. His name's Bernie, right? Please tell me that motherfucker's name is Bernie. Thank you. Um, it'd be like if you didn't credit Bernie for any of Elton's shit. You know how Elton brings Bernie out to everything he does now? Yeah. yeah. That's because mm-hmm. that's half of Elton John. Half. That motherfucker's writing songs. I mean, this dude is more important to Elton John than Elton John. Yeah. And Neil Brennan is that guy to Dave Chappelle. So Neil fires off. Is it too early to say the central metaphor in Parasite didn't actually work? And I was like, oh, Neil, you prick. <laughs> like this 20 minutes after the show ends. Then he says, another tweet. Who is the parasite, the rich or the poor? With that in mind, explain the third act to me. And then, I mean, he's going through with fans responding. People said the movie is about how capitalism is bad. If you're having a hard time with that, I don't know what to tell you. And he says, capitalism is bad is awfully vague. As I've said in other tweets, it's something a freshman at a liberal arts college would use as a catch-all to describe their vague, meandering art. Now, here's the thing. I started to notice more and more weird Bong Joon-ho hate after I saw Neil up on this train. It's essentially as if people are upset that he's trying to paint class warfare, uh, social status 
issues into these because his other movie that is very well known and talked about is the one that was on a train Snowpiercer Snowpiercer which I watched by like accident 10 fucking years ago or whenever um, and, the, and by the way there's a really cool story about how Harvey Weinstein basically destroyed the distribution and 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 uh, promotion of that film and it's why it didn't get any fucking love really and he also tried to like get him to change fundamental things in the movie Boone or Bong ended up lying to Guy and like making up stories about like for one scene I read a quote he was like he lied to uh, Harvey Weinstein and had to tell him that the, the scene he wanted in the movie that Harvey was trying to cut was a dedication to his grandfather Bong said, he's like, no, 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 I need this scene. It's dedicated to my dead grandpa. And Harvey said, well, you should have said so. Family is everything. You can keep the scene. Okay. And Bong said, thank you. There was no grandpa. He fucking lied. <laughs> he made the whole thing up. Um, anyway, where was I going with this? You were. Ju- I think you were just saying that there was like, there was, there was a little bit of, we saw Twitter backlash. Oh, yes. Um, so then I saw people ripping but into Twitter, Snowpiercer. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's Twitter, but it felt weird when like everybody was so, we did it, Parasite, we all win, everybody in the room, standing ovation, like, I mean, it just, everybody seemed stoked for Bong, and then after the fact on Twitter, people were like, man, fuck that simple idea, of course economics are a problem, <laughs> of course rich people and poor people have issues, like, what, dude, what, no, this is, I thought it was deep as fuck. And it struck me, the parasite was the family, the parasite was also the, like it had a ton of different meanings, and you're supposed to draw from it. Neil, what happened here? Yeah, um, I would just direct anybody to go listen to our Patreon episode about the movie, because- That's what I wanted to do with him. I feel like we fleshed it out pretty well. Didn't we? And who- We're still having this conversation, we already did it for you. It's the, it's, I mean- it's all of it. It's both. It's the rich and the poor. Like the the. It's the system. It's the system. Yeah. The it, whole thing. It fucking. I don't get. I don't get how you walked out of that and went. Well, that message didn't hit. Yeah, there was. I I actually wasn't even going to shine light on some the of negativity. the negativity uh, surrounding Parasite on Twitter I last in, night. I was but, infuriated. But since we're here, we we can we can dive a little bit further into it. But have um, I upset you with the negativity? No, I just I was just gonna. I hate. Sometimes I just hate like giving it shine. I, I because feel it's you, just fucking Twitter. But this was, that's a, okay. And to your point, it's so difficult for me because Twitter is so hardcore. Yeah. And people feel so strongly about these opinions they shit out. And then for whatever reason, I feel like Twitter's our own world. Like nothing I say there is ever going to be seen or heard anywhere else except Twitter. Yeah. People feel more comfortable like blasting these hot yeah. takes. But there were enough of them to where, I, dude, like I don't genuinely normally feel the need to defend great art because it will defend itself yeah in this case i was like no fuck that like it pissed me off yeah uh the notable professional twitter flamer clay travis oh i unfollowed this dude in like 2017 but yeah tweeted a poll that was if parasite had been an american film directed by an american filmed in english would it have won best picture it wasn't and, and it doesn't, and that's not how it works. And then got into all of his replies, because obviously people were upset by this. Yeah. And basically was like condemning it winning the award based on the merits that if it had been an American film, it probably wouldn't have won. <laughs> Completely missing like the entire point that it was so effective because of its look into a different culture that it that is not ours yes that reflects back on us yes you know what i mean like yes. it's, i thought it's, that was clear cut though it, you 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 see 
yourself it's in not, a new light. It's not when, clear cut to dummies. When you, you know, it just, it, it to, classic, classic stuff from a guy like Tra- Clay Travis that doesn't understand like the benefits of putting yourself in other people's shoes, right? Uh, yes. Like in like seeing different perspectives yes. and, sh- and, and casting things. Very problematic. From like in like new facets that maybe you hadn't considered. In fact, or, I would argue it makes you a worthless human. Or seen before. And so it's just like, it doesn't, you know, you, no, the movie in, Amer- in American wouldn't have been as effective. It That's wouldn't have been able- conversations work. It wouldn't have been able to subtly say the things that it said. It would have been Americanized and too political and like over, you know? It Which just, is it a w- big part of it, by the way. It, wouldn't have, it would not have made the same impact because it wouldn't have been able to be as subtle. About Bong Joon Ho when made when he made Snowpiercer and shit got that was supposed to be his huge American like English speaking fucking this was him coming in and he was gonna make his big wave in America and become a huge American director okay and when shit got all messed up he went back home to Korea and did it his way right and that's what makes the story so cool is like every award they won last night was like a giant fuck you to Harvey Weinstein as well because this dude went back home and did it his way in his language in his country yeah. and got everything that he wanted out of it so nah man those, those takes make no sense to me at all and then I'll, I'll give you this for guys like Clay Travis his whole job is built on firing out hot takes yes so that people will then respond to them and so that he can then argue with them yeah here's why that's a problem <laughs> Once every single moron in the country has figured out that, oh my God, all I have to do is yell out hot takes into the universe and then that's a job. Like, that's cool, man. But we're going to need way more people with actual takes they believe in and stand by if any of this media shit's going to work. So like right now, we're so inundated with all these morons who are just making headlines and saying things for the sake of the wrong reasons, basically. We need people doing things for the right reasons. Clay Travis is an example of a guy that at no point does he ever write or say anything he actually means. Everything about him is the brand, making money, and building the brand. Truth is inconsequential to that human being, which is why I unfollowed the motherfucker because I couldn't take it anymore, and everything had to tie to race and being a white dude, and it was just like, enough, bro. Also, talk about sports, fuckstick. You're a sports guy. Twitter put so much in front of you that you don't follow now i don't follow clay travis why are they doing I, this but, to I, us? But, but i saw it because of somebody liked it or interactions yes. and like you know stuff that was this twitter shit, this shit kills me bro deemed relevant to me so mm-hmm. you know i it it is what it is I, yeah I, I, i'm with you okay i need to i'm not by large me so much everybody was it, you could tell by like you said by the uproarious applause Uproar, yeah that parasite got yeah, yeah. when it won like even the other people that were nominated I think we're at Stoked. the very least yeah. happy for this film. You know what I mean? And it's, a, I it's, thought, it's, and it's huge. I think maybe it's that's huge. what it is, Barrett. And Watching inter- them win, I'm sitting there thinking like, man, it's, it's so cool how everybody's so happy for these, these, this, this squad, not just Bong, mm-hmm. everybody that was in the movie did such a good job, man. I watched it again last night, by the way, fucking unbelievable movie. Um, I assumed everybody kind of right. And then when I started to see the hate online, I was like, it's, it's creeping into my brain. Well, shit, what if Scorsese's sitting there thinking like, fuck these Asians, I should have gotten <laughs> Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It just sure. it, it opened my mind back up to like how much hating, unnecessary hating there is all of the time. But yeah. 
Anyway, and Neil Brennan, it just it crushed me because I love that dude and I respect him so much. Go watch Three Mics on Netflix, his stand-up special. It's the it's the first stand-up comedy show I've ever seen that mixes like the reality of depression and mental illness and life with really, really, really funny stuff. He like tells a joke at one mic, goes and drops a serious anecdote at another, and I can't remember what the third is. Maybe he just farts into it or something. No, it's definitely not that. But um, Three Mics is awesome. Last thing I had on my notes, Rebel Wilson and James Corden coming out dressed as cats. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> now, when they came out on stage in the cat costumes, I was like, man, there's no way. Because wasn't Cats made by, like, Paramount or something? Well, I mean, it was a big production. Yes. Massive yes. production made by Amblin Entertainment, Working Title Films, Perfect World Pictures. I mean, it, it you know, is a big, big deal. I didn't think they would let them make fun of it. I didn't think they would let them come out in cat costumes and then make a joke like, nobody knows how important visual effects are. Like the two morons who just tanked part of their careers by doing the Cats movie. Universal. It was a universal. Okay, so that that was wild to me that mm-hmm. they were able to get away with that. That being said, it was kind of funny them pawing at the microphone yeah, for like it, 40 it, seconds. I mean, what is, what's the studio supposed to do at that point? Like, there's no saving this. But they so you just, might as well yeah, I know. let, them, let, the, let the, the actors that were in the movie have a little fun at its expense. Yeah. At, at least that makes you look like you're self-aware a little bit. Yeah. You no, know? I get that. The thing is, if you if you go look, like they didn't pull their cats um, marketing for like award season mm-hmm. until like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> so like they were still like, no, there's a chance. And that was our Academy Awards uh, teaser for you. Hope you enjoyed it. Patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles for the entire thing. As uh, as I mentioned before, Barrett and I also did the Golden Globes. We had a ton of fun. For, for whatever reason, the award shows, good or bad, it turns out, uh, result in very fun podcast discussion for us, which I honestly is n- it's not something I would have predicted. The first one we did, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. And it was phenomenal. It was a lot of fun. Good so. or bad, long or short, boring or fun. They are pillars of the pop culture realm. Indeed. And therefore, they provide much fodder. Much fodder. For our all discussion and your entertainment. All of that fodder ad-free. Support the podcast. Get uh, additional either three or four episodes, additional OCC each month, ad-free. And uh, just have that warm, fuzzy feeling in your heart knowing, my God, I've done my part as part of the Clam Fam, as part of the Crustacean Nation, or hopefully even the Mollus. Yeah, stimulate that economy, baby. Stimulate it. That will do it for today's episode of OCC. Huge thanks to our sponsor, Quip, for supporting the show. Go uh, hit that URL, which is getquip.com slash dragon. And uh, support our sponsors. You can also support us directly. That Patreon, like we mentioned, where so far in February we've pumped out our 2020 Oscars recap and review, which you just got a little taste of. Our hotline calls for all. We've got more great stuff coming as well. Follow us on social media. On Instagram, at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. On Twitter, at Clams and Cockles. And we're on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. You can follow me, Ross Bolin, at WR Bolin, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And you can listen to my other podcast, the Ross Bolin Podcast, which delves into mental health and animals and pirates and serial killers and is comedy-based and humor-based, but also talks about serious life shit wherever you're listening to OCC or watching on YouTube.com slash Bolin Media, which, by the way, you could be watching every episode of Barrett and I's uh, podcast, Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, right there on YouTube.com slash Bolin Media. So keep that in mind. Barrett, where can we follow you and hear more of your voice? Social media, at Barrett Dudley, Instagram and Twitter. And then check out Club Cool Podcast, wherever you're listening to this one. Last week, we had an episode that was all about skiing. So, you know, shouts to Downhill. 
Justin Skeet. Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell. We actually- We're still in the hardest ski season, yeah, are we, we are, Yeah, we are. We are. And we even had a conversation about how there's really only like four ski movies out there. Like Out Cold, Hot yeah. Tub Time Machine. Phenomenal. Both of those. Ski School. Not seen it. Johnny Tsunami. That's it. Four. That's the four. I haven't seen the last two. Yeah. I saw Out Cold in theaters. Really? In theaters. Weren't and you I remember, like eight? And I remember thinking to myself, oh, we were like 12 probably, right? Huh. I remember thinking to myself though, this is ridiculous. Galifianakis fucks a hot tub. You get this penis <laughs> stuck in a hot tub. That's part of the movie. It's a very funny comedy. Yeah, no, it's good. It's just dumb as hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, anyways, one, yeah. Even you can also follow the that podcast on Instagram at Club Cool Pod and uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't stick your wiener in a hot tub tonight, don't, anybody. Don't do that. That's how we end a show with a piece of advice for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to leave. Until our next helping, adios, muchachos. Bye.